I don't have my own discipline, how am I going to have discipline in a dating relationship? Uh, and not just discipline. Like I know when I say discipline, most people go quickly to the purity stuff. Sure. Not just that. Yeah. But like how do I treat? The whole of your life, yeah. The whole of your life. How do I treat other people? Mm-hmm. How do I show them respect? How do I serve them? How do I put their needs above my own? How, how do I love them well and express the love of Christ to them? Mm-hmm. Hey everyone, welcome to The Walk Podcast. We want this to be a place where we can answer honest questions, talk about hard issues, and walk alongside one another as we explore how spirituality fits into real life. I'm your host, Gil Shelsby, and today we have a fantastic lineup of guests. We're kicking things off with an awesome panel of folks, Ellie Shelsby and Zach and Hillary McClellan, discussing how to prepare for a healthy dating relationship. And then we'll sit down with Jared and Sarah Fox, an awesome pastoral couple here at Mountain, to hear what they've learned through walking with countless couples navigating the dating season. So if you're someone who's just thinking about getting into a dating relationship, maybe you're wondering if you're even ready or you're just navigating what's next in a relationship, this is for you. So let's jump into our episode. Welcome back on. We are here today. We're talking uh, a little bit about relationships and dating and all things of that sort. And I'm joined at the table with a couple really good friends of mine. We're here with Zach McClellan. Some of you guys might know Zach. He's the director of development at the Epicenter, uh, husband and father and a big Vols fan. Is that true? Go Vols. Go Vols. There it is. <laughs> Made what? it into the podcast. Our daughter just said that last couple of weeks, and it's brought me so much joy. joy Everything you could want as a father. Really, really <laughs> just anchors in my soul. Amazing. Go Vols. So we're joined by Zach and his spouse, Hillary McClellan, who's been on before. Hillary, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Good. I guess I should say Go Vols, too. Oh. Unless they're that. playing the University of Georgia. Okay. That's this weekend, by the way. So I know. I'm ready. We will not be in the same house for that game. So the McClellans are on. We're grateful to have them here. And we're joined by a really special guest, in my opinion, my own <laughs> wife, Ellie, who is a worship coordinator at Mountain. You might have seen her singing on stage at some point. We're really grateful to be here at the table. This is really exciting. It's cool to have this conversation with friends. So we're talking relationships dating? How do I know if I'm ready to date? All right. Fun question just to get us started. Mm-hmm. What's like an item? Let's just say an item. It doesn't have to be clothing, whatever it is. What's an item of your partners that you would want them to get rid of? Let's say that. You already know the answer to this. <laughs> that could be multiple answers. <laughs> oh, you go first if you... Just say it. Bum, bum, you can always bum, edit it out. Bum. Yeah. I would remove Twitter. Oh, wow. snap. We're going deep right away. <laughs> right away. I might would do that. I might um, would. I should stop saying I might would. You went from you Georgia. Might oh, that's a good one, too. That actually segues great into mine. I wish you would stop saying <laughs> I might could. Because I don't know what that means. I don't either. I might could. It's that's me. what I would It's my mouth talking yeah. faster than my brain is yeah. working. It's a southern Perfect. thing. It's a southern thing. I might Perfect. could. Might we might could. should. Yeah. Yes. I don't know what that means. I mean, I also you say fix it. We want me to fix dinner. Oh, you don't fix it. And it it drives him nuts. <laughs> it ain't broke. You make it. You right? make it. You don't fix it. <laughs> so yes, I would That's probably good. remove those two phrases if I could. But that in Twitter. Twitter's well, a good one. Twitter. Yeah. Good. Good. But yes. Ellie, be nice. <laughs> well, we were just talking about this, so I feel like when you wear. Flip flops with skinny <laughs> jeans. That's probably that's my it. least favorite. That's the one thing. Yeah, that's not a surprise. <laughs> the rainbows. Have the to rainbow flip flops. They last for like they do ten years. You know, oh until they have they a fall way apart. of hanging around. I know, and, and I then... sneak them out the closet. <gasps> yeah. Same. I think Ellie did throw a pair of mine away. I at did. Some point. They were so bad. They were <laughs> oh, so boy. old. <laughs> All right. Hey, so we're going to get started talk a little bit. I think it might be a really fun way to start maybe 
if you, Zach and Hillary, just told us a little bit about your story, how you met. We're talking about dating. So just talk about your relationship and all of, the, all of those things. Mm-hmm. We met in college. I was a sophomore and Hillary was a bright eyed and bushy tailed freshman. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I don't know what that means. I've got no clue. But that's, so that's where we met at Milligan College. That's where we went. I'm originally from Southern California. And so I left to go to find a different type of education that I was looking for, right? And I went to East Tennessee, is where the college is. Hillary came from Savannah and we met. And I we met at a Powder Puff football game. No way. Yes. So every October, we have a homecoming, right? At Milligan. And there's a powder puff football game that kind of caps the end of the week. And it was 25 degrees outside. And I was supposed to be playing and practice. was supposed to be playing. I was like a tight end or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like doing good at practice. Well, and the powder puff thing is like you're a cheerleader too, right? So yes. Yeah. But I did not sign up for that because it okay. was 20 degrees. I and that's why in. I said, JK, I'm not playing. It's mm-hmm. cold. Yes. <laughs> but I stood on the sidelines. So she was on the bench. Right. With a couple other friends. And we had a mutual friend that we didn't know of at the time. She had met a guy named Ben Carpenter. And Ben brought me over to meet actually one of her best friends, Sarah Blessing. And then we met. I met Hillary there. Mm-hmm. You Facebook friended me. Oh, that yes. was a thing. Okay. Dink. And Facebook. I was like, oh, he's handsome. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we started slyly showing up in places yeah. each other would be. I worked at the gym. So I showed up Ooh. at the gym. Do I exercise? <laughs> but I went to the gym. You occupied the same I spaces. I occupied the same spaces. The same space. And then it was probably a couple months before we were like, okay, you want to like. Yeah, it was right before Christmas date? break. We had a fun event we went to together. Finally said something to her on the ride home. I was like, hey, let's, let's do this thing. I like you. Let's do it. And we started to talk over Christmas break and things got pretty serious pretty quickly. And then. We went on our first date in January yes. of 2012. We were babies. Yeah. We, we were, were like 19 and 19. Mm-hmm. And we went to Chick-fil-A. We went to Chick-fil-A. And you bought my dinner. And apparently I talked the whole time. I was so nervous. Gil, <laughs> I didn't say a word. <laughs> I didn't say one word. And it was awesome. I and didn't, I didn't know whatever what I ordered ended up being free. And so I said, because they do all these specials and mm-hmm. stuff. And I said, oh, you didn't pay for my dinner. So I guess we got to go on another day. I know. Day. Nice. It was the college nice. thing. It oh, was, was the like college, college night, night so yes, and then she yeah. had that sly line where she said, you didn't pay, so I guess we got to try again, do nice. another date. Boom. We dated four and a half years before mm-hmm. we got married. Yeah. We dated all through college and a little bit through grad school. Mm-hmm. I always joke, Zach had to really figure out if he liked me or not. <laughs> that is not the case. <laughs> I know it's not, but it's Actually, funny. we will talk about that today. Ha <laughs> 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 So you'll know why we dated so long. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, that's a little bit of our story. Great. Yeah, thanks for sharing. That's cool. It's cool to hear some background of what brought you guys and your family even here yeah, for people yeah. who know you and have, mm-hmm. have seen you and heard your voice. Mm-hmm. We're talking about dating. How do I know if I'm ready to date? What are the key components of like a healthy dating relationship? Mm-hmm. Like the best wisdom you could give to someone maybe entering a dating relationship or in the middle of it who's just trying to get better and trying to figure out what dating looks like, maybe in a God-honoring way, maybe just a healthy way. And we'll start with Elliot. As y'all were sharing your story, like I was thinking about The things that I was thinking about, Gil, when we first started dating, I was super observant of the way that he, like, talked to people and cared about people. Like, I was observant of his, like, relationships and the communities that he was a part of. When you're thinking about dating someone you want, like, obviously they're going to treat you right if you want to be in a relationship with them, but also how do they treat other people and, like, how do they talk about their family? So that was one thing that I just thought of as y'all were talking. But a few like key components were a foundation of Jesus. Like ultimately he is the foundation of everything. And so when you're in a relationship and you're a follower of Jesus, you want someone who's going to also lead you to love Jesus and be closer to him. So that's definitely number one. And then just really good communication and mutual like respect for one another. Mm-hmm. There is a work of even before you even talk about getting into a dating relationship, like yeah. figuring out who someone is, right? The observation yeah. of who are they around their mm-hmm. friends, their family, who are they when no one's looking, that sort of thing. So I think that's really good. All right, Hillary, you're up. Yeah, I always joke with people as well when 
they're like, oh, I'm starting to like somebody or talk to me. I'm like, are they nice? <laughs> That's always my first question. Like, and, and that, you know, just like, do they love Jesus and are they kind? And yeah. It should be yes to both of those things. If one is yes, the other should be. But it's just like, you know, like, and I think, yeah, for you, Zach, like I was attracted by your just energy. I was like, oh, he's fun. I want to be around someone who's fun. Mm. I was never the fun one in my friend group. I was drawn to other people's fun. Mm. Yeah, and just those key components. I think in dating relationships, things that you're looking for, not just in the other person, but of and of yourself, just the degree in which you are an individual, like you're the person you're dating or depending, you know, whether that's casually or getting serious or whatnot, like you got to have a certain level of assurance in who you are insecurity in mm. that if you're looking for something to complete you or fulfill some deep longing that's inside of you mm -hmm. whether that's to feel safe or feel valued or feel loved or respected or whatever you're going to get you're going to set yourself up for disappointment mm -hmm. if you're expecting to find that mm -hmm. in a dating relationship even if it leads to you know engagement and marriage like that's an unhealthy, unrealistic expectation to put another person, mm -hmm. which goes back to exactly what you're saying, Ellie. It's like Jesus is to be the foundation of that, and I've got to have some level of my own security in who Jesus says I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, looking back at 19, 20-year-old Hillary, she was probably a little insecure. <laughs> Maybe still is in some ways, probably. And looking back, I think the conflicts and the things that we, over, we had to overcome in our dating mm -hmm. A lot of it stemmed from, oh, I'm looking for something in you, Zach, that might have been an unrealistic thing to place on you because I was, I mean, I'm growing up. I'm trying to figure out I am. And we did a lot of beautiful growing up together, which mm -hmm. by the grace of God has been really cool and formative. And Zach seemed to always be like three or four steps ahead of me in the terms of your wisdom and discernment. And he was, it was our whole dating journey a lot was like, he was just waiting for me to catch up and come to the same <laughs> conclusions or realizations. That's 100% true. Maybe, but it, it often felt like that. So all that to say, going back to like healthy dating uh, components is just as an individual, like being sure in who you are and like grounded and like you said, Ellie, mutual respect for one another high value of one another and a solid foundation of beliefs. Like, you know, cause if we, there's a lot that we can have different opinions on, but like foundationally, mm -hmm. oh yeah, we're on the same page. Jesus is who he says he is. And he's the source of each of our faiths. Mm -hmm. And then that just gets stronger together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I add to that too. Yeah, go for it. I think it's what we're kind of coming to the consensus is you've got to work on you first before you enter into a partnership or a, you know, something that's pretty serious, right? Mm -hmm. Where you yeah. invest yourself into somebody. I would encourage our listeners here to think about what that looks like. It mm -hmm. could be therapy. It could be conversations mm -hmm. around the table with family members that you've been hurt by. It could be past relationships that have, you know, maybe have ended poorly and have really wrecked you, right? Because there's damage, even though you may be suppressing that or pushing that down deep. People hurt people, and that's just the reality of the world we live in. And so you've got to have Christ. You've got to have that foundation, like we're saying, where that anchor that never fails. Um, but then you've got to have, you got to take advantage of those resources that are around you and put yourself in community that's going to pour into you and build you up and make you ready and encourage you and push you along and say, yeah, I think that relationship is good for you. And so I think that's a barely key component is, is really working on yourself first. And if that takes conversations with around with a therapist, if that takes, you know, conversations with all of those family members or, or your friends, if that takes conversations with Jesus, you've got to go into that and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the beautiful thing is when you're seeking Jesus and you're seeking growing and getting healthy and taking your faith and life seriously. You take the posture of Jesus, who is a servant, and then mm -hmm. in a dating relationship, yeah. you that's mutually built upon respect in Christ. Then you know the posture is, oh, it's not what I can get out of this, but what I'm going to give mm -hmm. and putting the other person first. Yeah. And communication mm -hmm. was something that, <laughs> Ellie, you said. I'm like, I oh, yeah, like I don't want to – I want to come yeah, back to I'm that not. too because, man, how many times – 
do I assume Zach knows what I'm thinking, but I've never said it. And now I've like created this whole thing in my head where I'm (laughs) mad at something that he did or didn't do. Yeah. But I never actually (laughs) communicated it or had unrealistic expectations. And so in dating, just a healthy, like, no one can read your mind. Yeah. So stop blaming them Hmm. for not knowing what you're not communicating. I am not good at that, by the way. (laughs) That is my number one failure (laughs) in our relationship is just assuming that Hillary knows what I'm thinking and then we get upset. And then I realize, yep, I probably should have said something. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how almost all like relational issues, no matter what the relationship, it's almost always a thing that happens when you're holding back Mm-hmm. something that maybe you should be saying or yeah. you're feeling that's just mm-hmm. not in the light yet. Yeah. That's like always where stuff gets worked out. I feel like yeah. it's kind of a yeah. interesting I, I mean, I remember a pre-mailer counselor telling us that these are the three biggest things. It was like money, communication, and intimacy. And, you know, seven plus how many years we've been married. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that about tracks Still the same list. <laughs> of the things the that list. sometimes there's conflict and, yeah. you know, those things. Yeah. Yeah, well, plenty more we could say, I'm sure, but grateful for you guys coming on and getting us started. Super excited to welcome back Jared Fox, the director of campuses here at Mountain. This time, he's not flying solo like last time. Joining him is his wonderful wife, Sarah. They've been married for 17 years. They have three beautiful children and two dogs. So get ready for some real talk on preparing to date in a healthy way. Am I ready? Let's go. Let's talk about it. Let's go. Okay, so I think maybe a fun way to start as we're talking about dating is for you and Sarah, I'll put you on the spot to start this one. Tell us a little bit, and Jared, you can color in the details. Just give us a little picture of how you met, the, your dating story, what, where is, how, is, you know, how have you been led to where you guys are now? Mm. Yeah, so we met at church. We grew up in the same church and had the same group of friends Jared's two years older than me, so we started dating in 2002. He was a graduating senior, and I was going into my junior year of high school. So we were really friends first. We hung out in the same group, and... She's leaving out important details here. <laughs> like what? The fact that really when we met, she was dating one of my best friends. She intentionally oh, okay. left that out. That's she intentionally important. left it out. But we're good. I followed bro code. Six months went by. Nice. I asked Mm. for permission. I started dating her. The rest is history. It's been bliss ever since. Nice. Yeah, but we were friends. And shortly after that, so that was in May of 2002, and we spent the summer together, which was so fun. And then in fall that year, he went to school. So I stayed home in Louisville, Kentucky, Mm -hmm. and continued my high school career. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he went on to college so we dated long distance, really, mm-hmm. for several years um, before we got engaged mm-hmm. and there eventually was, married. There was one major negative to our dating life. Because of the age difference, I had to go to two proms, which I don't even think they allow anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I went to my prom, not yeah. with her, because uh, yeah. I'd already had a date, and then we, we started dating right after prom. And then two years later... I was the back, old guy at the prom. prom. Yeah. <laughs> Man. It was sure simple, was. though. It was sweet. We had fun. We did have fun. Yeah. We also didn't have cell phones. Mm-hmm. No, we had, we well, had Nextel. We, had, we did. But it was... I'd be in the middle of class, and all of a sudden I'd get a boop, boop, and it was like a walkie-talkie for those no who way. don't know what a Nextel is. Do you know what that is? I don't think so, no. Okay, so a Nextel phone it had a walkie-talkie feature, which was free long distance. This is making us sound very old. It is. And awesome. she would boop, boop. Hey, honey. And my teacher would be like, sir, you have to silence your your walkie-talkie. Over. (laughs) Sorry, Professor Snyder. my girlfriend. (laughs) So dating long distance involved a lot of walkie-talking to each other. Wow. Actually talking on the phone, not texting. That was my point. It was just different then, which does make us sound really old. I don't feel that old. (laughs) Yeah, that old. There's definitely a reality to where dating in 2002 wildly different from just mm-hmm. the dating world wildly of different. 2023 yeah. so you guys dated for what's how many years four where you got engaged four years we got engaged in the fourth year mm-hmm. and then we were engaged for almost a year we got married in 2007 no 
2006. <laughs> 2006. <laughs> I always, I'm always off a year. August 12, 2006. Nice. Dating today is just a totally different landscape in some ways, but I think there's a lot of people, I'm thinking of young adults in particular, who are just in their minds, they're thinking, where do I turn to wisdom when it comes to dating? I know I want mm -hmm. dating. I want to pursue a relationship, but I don't know where to look, who to ask, mm -hmm. or what does God say about a dating relationship? So maybe I'll turn it back to you and just say, where... When it comes to dating, where do you turn, where are we going to turn for wisdom on this mm -hmm. stuff? Does the Bible say anything about it? That sort of thing. Sure. Yeah, I think it's first important to know, like the Bible talks a lot about relationships. Does the Bible talk about dating? The answer is no. You look at the Bible, it talks a lot about marriage. And most marriages we see in the Bible are formed pretty quickly. You know, it's arranged marriage or something of that nature, but the, the idea of, where, can I go to the, the Bible to find a whole bunch of insight on dating specifically in our current context? The answer is no, but that's probably because dating is a new idea. It wasn't around in the, in the biblical days, right? I'm going to give you a quick history. Okay, is that here cool? we go. Yep. You ready for some history? Do it. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess right out of the gate here. When we were invited to this podcast, I had just uh, gotten finished reading a book called Loveology by John Mark Comer. Cool. Put it in the show notes. Check it out. If you are wanting to date, dating, engaged, married, married 60 years, I don't care. I think it's a book that's really helpful. I think it's it's been formative in our relationship as because mm -hmm. Sarah's reading it now. And I think it's made me even love my wife more, which mm -hmm. is a good thing. Just as I learned some of the biblical principles of what it looks like to mm -hmm. love each other. But this book talks a lot about dating, gave a little history. So I'm going to give you a, a quick recap here, okay? It's a, it's a modern invention. And the reality is that it's dating is a little bit individualistic. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we live in a hyper individualistic society. Mm -hmm. As long as you're not hurting me, who cares what you do? And that is a new trend. That, that's not the way that humanity has operated throughout history. And so the reality is dating is mostly done in isolation. Okay. So that means like the couple by themselves without other people looking in on it. And if you look just historically at dating, dating or whatever it was called was mostly always done in community. Friends, parents, family, they'd have a voice, they'd give input, wisdom, rebuke, mm -hmm. clarification, whatever was needed. They would have a say mm -hmm. in the relationship, whatever that relationship looked like. 19th century culture starts to make a shift. And just like you did with Ellie Gill, you called on her, right? Is that you called on her? Does that? No, <laughs> no, you didn't. You mean like you, on the phone? No, no, no. You, you, went you mean calling. like on the next step? Yeah, it was called. Yes. You, <laughs> hey, Ellie. So calling started when a girl would let a guy know that she liked him. And then the guy would go to mom and dad and say, do I have your permission mm -hmm. to spend time with your daughter? Right. So this is 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. And what would happen is like, where were you going to go? Right. 100 years ago. Were you going to go to the movies? No. You weren't going to go to the movies. What were you going to do? Not very much. There wasn't yeah. a whole lot to do. So you'd go and you'd sit on the front porch of the girl's house or you'd sit in the living room with the family. It was still very communal mm -hmm. in nature. In so many ways, you spent time in one of the two households together. And then 20th century, dating becomes a thing. And this is what, like, this is going to freak you out for a second. It's going to freak everybody out, but don't take offense to it. Okay. Disclaimer. Don't take offense. Early on, the word dating was slang for getting a prostitute. Wow. So let that sink in. All right. If you're going to get a prostitute, is that something you're going you're gonna to broadcast loudly? No. Yeah, right? Wow. It's something you do in hiding. You do it in isolation. Huh. And that's like at the root of the modern day word dating, which mm -hmm. should tell us something. Like mm -hmm. prostitution was something that would happen in private. And so dating was a slang for it. Now we've adopted dating as the key word. An isolated thing. Yeah. It's an isolated thing. And the reality is that when you look at scripture, it probably shouldn't be. And so when did dating become an isolated thing and the, the increase of entertainment culture? There are things that we can go do separated from everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so we go and we do those. You go out on the town. It's away from the family. And at this point is when the, the romantic side of a relationship started to get disconnected from community and family. There were lots of options on what to do. It didn't involve having to hang out with mom and dad, mm. which part of me, when I look back on Sarah and I's dating relationship, I'm very glad for. Mm. I didn't want to sure. hang out with her parents every time <laughs> I was with her, you know, but at the same time. But they were around. They were around. Yeah. And I see a lot of value of that in hindsight. Yeah. And so dating has just become more individualistic than communal. 
disconnected from friends and family. And like you, you probably remember this, you're especially maybe in the high school years. So as a student pastor for a long time, people would be like, yeah, you know, Gil got a girlfriend and now we never see him anymore. Like sure. he's MIA. And that's, <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. Right. Totally. So it's just, we start the conversation on dating. I think it's important to know the Bible talks a lot about romance and marriage in every single aspect of it, it's it's intertwined to some kind of communal experience. Mm-hmm. And throughout history, the way that people found their spouse was through community, and community mm-hmm. was involved in the process. And the idea of dating and the, the hyper-individualism, that's new. And not to say that it's all bad, but there are aspects of it that we have to be careful of. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I'm glad that I'm able to go to a movie with Sarah when we were dating and her parents weren't sitting there next to sure. us, you know. But at the same time, there's a lot of value in, in the time spent with them and our church community and other places. So mm-hmm. does the Bible say anything specifically about dating? No, it does talk a lot about relationships and it talks a lot about marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that tells us something. we got to pay attention to that. What does the Bible say is really important. Sure. More important than what doesn't the Bible say. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is we're not living in the exact same culture and context that the Bible was written. Right. But we still learn plenty from it. You can even see just how those shifts in the way we think about marriage and dating has kind of led us to where we are. It's why we have a lot of isolated couples trying to do the dating thing and try to figure out how to do this right and mm-hmm. outside of what you're saying in some ways outside of a community hold you accountable speak into it that sort of yeah. thing it's not what maybe what it's made to be so it's really good if there's one underlying current of anything we talk about today i think it is if you are if you're walking with the lord date with the community that you're in mm-hmm. right so like the church is like we we use this phrase around mountain welcome home like you are not alone we are family. We mean that. We're meant to go through the trenches together and then celebrate the victories together. Mm-hmm. Like we're in this together. And that should be true of all aspects of our life. That's the beauty of the church. You and I become brothers somehow mm-hmm. under the lordship of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? That gives us this bond, this kinship. And I hope that you'll feel like you have an investment in my life and I have an investment in yours. And that mm-hmm. should be true of our dating lives as well. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, people see the Bible talks a lot about discipleship. And that's connected to your dating life. It talks a lot about how to love people, talks a lot about how to be holy, mm-hmm. uh, and all that is connected to mm-hmm. that dating relationship as well. If you had to give a couple nuggets to people who are in the dating space now and thinking about this, what are the key components? I think, you know, to know your own foundation, right? Like what is mm-hmm. your relationship with God? What is your purpose in life? Mm-hmm. I think those are some big questions, but... Knowing that sets the tone for everything else that you do, dating included. So I'll build on that a little bit. So there's a proverb that says, put your outdoor work in order to get your fields ready. After that, build your house. There's something about kind of tilling the soil, building the foundation. Jesus talks about that as well, kind of building a firm foundation for all of your life. Like the metaphor Jesus is using is talking about our faith, but our faith permeates all of our life. Build a firm foundation and then build your house. And if you look at the context in which Jesus is saying that, which Proverbs is saying that, when people say, hear the words, build your house, they would be thinking, build my family. Mm-hmm. And so having some kind of foundation, the reality is if you're walking with Jesus, then make sure your discipleship journey is primary in your life, that it is getting the most attention, and that you feel like you are, you are striving to be more like Jesus. And if you don't have the discipline in your life to walk with the Lord in very simple and real and tangible ways, then there would be a question on, am I ready to date? Mm -hmm. If I don't have my own discipline, how am I going to have discipline in a dating relationship? Mm -hmm. Uh, And not just discipline. Like I know when I say discipline, most people go quickly to the purity stuff. Sure. Not just that. Yeah. Like how do I treat? Whole of your life. Yeah. The whole of your life. How do I treat other people? Mm -hmm. How do I show them respect? How do I serve them? How do I put their needs above my own? How, how do I love them well and express the love of Christ to them? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the, the the stuff about reserving the beauty of you know sex for mm-hmm. marriage. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not certainly not the whole of it, though. So that foundation piece, if you get if you get yourself in order, if you kind of you know till the ground and figure it out and get a foundation mm-hmm. that you're like, man, I I think Jesus is the most important thing in my life. Then the next step would be to invite somebody else into that journey mm-hmm. with you, you know. Mm-hmm. But you got to start with you. That's always key. Yeah, and in a relationship, I guess in some ways, like the person you are going to be in your relationship 
is who you are now. Like you're bringing all of your formation and your discipleship mm -hmm. into the relationship. And yeah. so sure. waiting until then to figure all that stuff out is mm -hmm. probably, you're saying, a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the best idea. Now, at the same time, like I've got a 13-year-old son, mm -hmm. right? And so as he starts to want to date, I don't think he's going to listen to this podcast, but as he starts <laughs> to want to date... <laughs> What am I going to Am I going to be like, no, not until you're a fully, fully formed disciple of Jesus? Well, I, the right, kid hasn't yeah. made a decision to walk with Jesus yet. We're hoping he will. We pray for that. And yeah. we're walking that journey with him, asking him all the right questions. But he knows that anything he does in his life, our family's involved in. That's very clear to him. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to ask him the right questions and encourage him in the right ways and when my daughter, boundaries. when my daughter gets that age, I don't even know what I'm going to do because <laughs> that's just a different level. Yeah. I mean, the same. You'll do yeah, the same. Yeah, I'll do the same. <laughs> but the reality is like it, it is, I can't, I, the expectations I have for someone dating, it's going to be different for someone who's, who claims to be following Christ than someone who doesn't. Sure. Right? So if you are claiming to be someone who, who your life is being formed in the image of Christ's likeness. Mm -hmm then you got to get that solid mm -hmm. first. Let me ask you this. If you're, if I'm someone who is, claims to be a follower of Jesus and is kind of living that out in my life and I am maybe talking to or thinking about dating someone who doesn't share that faith background, what would you say to someone like that? Like, should you pursue a relationship maybe outside of someone who's not a Christian? Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Here's, here's what makes it so <laughs> hard. There's something about that person that is attractive to you. Maybe it's the way they look. Maybe it's the friendship. Maybe it's, I don't know. There's something about them that's like this gravitational pull for you. And, and the wisest thing for you to do is to pull away from it from a relational, romantic mm -hmm. standpoint. Stay friends, whatever. But, you know, the Bible talks about not being yoked together with unbelievers. And it talks about in a lot of aspects of your life. Probably mm -hmm. none is more important than that of, a dating relationship. Mm -hmm. We we haven't gotten there yet, but I think it's important to say, why does that matter? Mm -hmm. Because the reason you date, I remember dating is a new invention. Mm -hmm. So before people would enter into a relationship and they would get married. Right. So I think it's important that we think about, okay, if I'm going to date somebody, my intent is always going to be figuring out whether or not I can spend the rest of my life with this person in marriage. Mm -hmm. right? right. What's your goal? That's your goal. What's the purpose? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if that's your goal, and they're not someone who's walking with Jesus, and that's a value that you have, then don't be unequally yoked with them. Mm -hmm. Right? A yoke is that thing you put around an ox's uh, body, and it, it pulls the the wagon or the thing that tills the dirt. I'm not a farmer. <laughs> uh, and so if you have two of those and they're pulling different directions, you're working against each other. Yeah. Right? So get connected with somebody who's going to pull in the same direction as you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this is an important place to just mention that the community around you matters so much when you're pursuing a relationship because they're able to speak into your life. You know, if you're involved yeah. in small groups or you're surrounded with like-minded people, they then have the opportunity to say, hey, I don't know about that, mm -hmm. or just ask you tough questions or encourage you in the right way. So I think that's really key. Yeah, that's good. You mentioned yeah. the, you know, the proverbial, like, guy who isolates himself and oh we haven't heard from him in three weeks mm -hmm. since he started dating this girl if i'm one of those friends like say i'm a 21 year old and one of my yeah. friends is in that sort of place like you said sarah like what what advice would you give to someone else who is walking alongside a friend maybe who's in a dating relationship i would say ask them hard questions you know that's uncomfortable because it's not always invited but i think pressing in to ask you know what are you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does this person love Jesus? Like, this is what I know to be true about you. And so that's why it's so key to be in those mm -hmm. small groups surrounded with other adults that have been in that season of life before you. So mm -hmm. those, those mentors, those key people that you can look up to that can speak into your life. I think that's vital. Yes. You're like, just go for it. Like if you have a friend who you know that they're walking with the Lord, you're walking with the Lord and you, you love them then our job as Christ followers is to call out the best in each other, mm -hmm. which requires a lot of humility from everybody. And uh, everything's got to be just doused in love, mm -hmm. right? So if you have a friend who's uh, like gone MIA and you're not sure this is the best relationship, then I think you, ha you are compelled by Christ to go and say, 
hey, first, I want to let you know, kind of lay the foundation of love. I love you. The only reason I'm saying this is I love you. Uh, I want to see you live the best life possible. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure this relationship is good, and here's why. It's pulled you out of the community of Christ. Mm -hmm. Like, we haven't seen you. You're not engaged in group. Like, I, I don't know what's going on in your life. And we need each other. Like, that's mm -hmm. part of this. Mm -hmm. This is the, the walk with Jesus is not a solo act. It's a communal act. It's something yeah. we do together. Uh, and the only reason I'm saying it is because I love you mm -hmm. and I want what's best for you. And I feel like Christ compels me to. And then you've got to be willing to deal with the consequences of how that person takes it, sure. which might be, nope, uh, I'm out of here. Peace out. Mm -hmm. And that hurts. But at least you did the best you could to help that person go in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, if you're listening to this and you're not dating, but you want to be, then have three or four people that right now you're inviting them in mm -hmm. so that, yeah, so that when that time comes, you're going to have people who have already been given permission. They don't have to ask for it. And people who you trust, who you know that love you and want the best for you, people who are rooted, who are grounded in their faith who can put your relationship under a microscope mm -hmm. and can be encouraging and loving and like, hey, these are good parts, but also can scrutinize it mm -hmm. and, you know, offer the right kind of, hey, I'm not sure this is in bounds in your mm -hmm. relationship. You need to really consider this. Mm -hmm. The communal aspect is so important because the reality is once you're like super infatuated with someone, your blinders go up. Too late. Yeah. You can't see what you can't see. You were just like, girl, you know, it's like you were like obsessed. It's just yeah. happens. It's normal. The, the dopamine starts running and you are excited to be in this relationship mm -hmm. and you get blinded to reality. Mm -hmm. So have some people that can see reality that also have permission mm -hmm. to speak. Along those lines too, just being proactive and inviting prayer. I mean, so individually praying for you know, your dating relationship, but also inviting others in to pray for you. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. That's good. I love the idea of, of that taking place before you even get into a dating relationship. So you already have your friends who are there praying for you, holding you accountable so that mm -hmm. when the time comes to handle whatever conflict is going on in your relationship, or maybe you floated away or that sort of thing, they're there to speak into you. I think mm -hmm. that's really awesome. Yeah. And just the Lord teaches us a lot in the patience. One thing I've learned in my life, it's been a hard learning because I'm not a patient person. Would you agree with that, Sarah? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I've i learned when I slow down and I'm patient and I wait on the Lord, I learn so much. Mm. And I think to, to be a person who's just prayerfully saying, Lord, this is something I desire. I want to date. I want to be married. Mm -hmm. Show me, you know, lead me to, to someone who could partner with me in life to do something good and beautiful and cultivate godliness in this world, like lead me to that person. If your motives are, are pure, the Lord will lead you there, but he's going to teach you patience in the way. Mm -hmm. And it might take a long time. Mm -hmm. It might happen fast. It might happen slow. It's probably worth, I think we've, we've talked about singleness. It's worth saying, you kind of got to give the disclaimer. If, sure. you, if you don't desire marriage, if you're not burning for it, then be cool being single. That's totally cool. It's fine. Some mm -hmm. of my one, one mentor I had in college was a 60 year old dude who was single. And I found myself at first kind of weirded out by it because the culture in which I was raised was like, you got to get married, right? Like that, that's the end goal. Mm -hmm. And the more I've learned, the more I've realized, well, that's not true. Guess mm -hmm. who wasn't married? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's like Paul, <laughs> a, a whole bunch of people Jesus. in yeah. the Bible who had an amazing ministry and amazing life. And so quick disclaimer, it's worth saying. Mm. date date if you have a desire to get married if you don't mm -hmm. don't feel pressured mm -hmm. and paul yeah paul's in there saying hey do as i do like it's mm -hmm. marriage is your thing do it if not you know yeah yeah that's yep. good someone who's asking the question am i ready to be in a dating relationship what's like one or two pieces of advice you would give questions to ask that sort of thing i think one of the most important things is when your entire life doesn't revolve around what you don't have, mm -hmm. right? It's just, I think that's very much a modern way of looking at life. Like, what don't I have that I want? Mm -hmm. I should have it now. But when you can learn first contentment, I think it's a key to being ready. Because contentment says my foundation is on Jesus mm -hmm. and he is enough. Mm -hmm. Not my foundation is on this relationship that I desire and want and will do anything to get. Mm -hmm. So contentment really does kind of, and that's something you pray for and you work on and you have other people investing in you asking about, right? It's not something that just kind of magically happens, but saying like, 
Lord, teach me to be content, no matter what the circumstances are, that I, I have enough. You know, I, I can do this and trust in you. That contentment piece is, I think, super, super important. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember a mentor in high school saying, you got to be good with God first. Like, you just got to be grounded and rooted in Christ. And when that that perfect guy comes along, it'll just be a glimpse of God's love for you. Mm. And I've, I held on to that, just that remembrance that Christ's love for me is above all else. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, when Jared came into the picture and we started to exchange I love yous, it was like, okay, this is just a glimpse of God's love for me. So just going back to what you said, like being rooted in Christ. And mm -hmm. I think that's a key component. Yeah, It's the first Peter stuff. You know, first Peter says, but just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. Mm -hmm. For it's written, be holy because I am holy. Like if you are trying to be more like Christ, then sanctification, becoming more like him is going to be primary. Mm -hmm. So again, keeping that first and foremost, like Sarah just said, and realizing the love of God, it's key. I'd say be ready to date with a goal in mind. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a goal, don't date. And that goal, according to the scriptures, like what we can understand, because dating is not really something it talks about, like what, what is the point of, of this relationship? Well, it's marriage. That's the end goal. And so be ready to date with that in mind, not with other desires in mind. Sure. You know, because there's a bunch of them, just yeah. loneliness or some kind of romantic affection that you want. Just like, what are your motivations? Yeah. Good question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Be sure to ask those. Yeah. And what's your ultimate calling? Like, you know, for us, I think we established pretty early on, we want a family and mm -hmm. we want to do ministry together. And so that was clear to us. And so everything, you know, in our dating life, we did with that in mind. Yeah. Especially if you're a Jesus follower and you envision having a marriage, maybe that honors God and glorifies mm -hmm. him where you are like serving together, for example, or yeah. leading others together, whatever it might be. Like you're saying, yeah, do that together as you date and that's yeah. how God will speak into it and help you discern. I think that's really good. Yeah, the reality is you look at the book of Genesis, Adam's made, Eve is made. Adam immediately goes into this love song, right? Like, uh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He's just head over heels in love. And then the Lord says to them, now go and go and do. Go be fruitful and multiply. Cultivate something beautiful in this world. Rule over it. Mm -hmm. Like, we are called, if we get married, to be married to a partner in creating and building bringing God's beauty and bringing mm. heaven to earth, right? And so make sure you you have some idea on what the calling is that you have. Like, what, am I, what, what are the greatest desires I have to make much of Jesus in this world? And have that conversation, especially as you start to date, to make sure you're in sync, that mm -hmm. there's synergy there. Mm -hmm. Because if I feel like I'm supposed to be a pastor at a church, you know, in Maryland, which is my job, and Sarah thinks I'm supposed to be a missionary to... Yeah. Africa, there's going to be friction there, mm -hmm. right? So, and there's lots of calling that aren't vocational ministry based. So I'm called to be a teacher in a school. Make sure that the person who you're dating, like figure that out. So when you get together and you start to have conversations, you're making sure there's synergy that you're both heading in the same direction. One other thing I'd say that I think is crazy important is you have to make sure that the time is is right. Okay, so maybe just to explain that a little bit, what's going on in your life? And should I be dating? It's a very simple question to ask, but if right I am now, going yeah. through some kind of major moment of pain in my life, is now a good time for me to be dating? Probably not, mm -hmm. right? Because of the circumstances in life, it's cool to put that thing on hold. Mm -hmm. Am I, you know, Sarah and I got married young, mm -hmm. <laughs> very young. And it's like, you know, my parents were always like, we got married and all we had to live on was love. Well, it was, was kind true. of, it was Facts. kind of true. <laughs> okay. We didn't make very much money. We lived day. in Las Vegas where the rent was high. Mm -hmm. uh, say but, back in my day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what was key was we didn't need a lot of money. We were content because we were both going the same direction. Mm -hmm. We decided when we got married, we would go wherever the Lord took us. And believe me, that's true because we live in Maryland. Okay. <laughs> I was never on the list of places. It wasn't hey, your your vision that you agreed on beforehand. No, where oh, do you want to live one day? Hmm. How about Maryland? Yeah, we, had to look, we had to find that one on the map. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd never Wait, been what? to Maryland before I moved here. So uh -huh. like 
for us to be that in sync to say like we're gonna we're gonna be heading in the same direction together wherever the Lord takes us mm-hmm. is key. And the reality is if you're going through some significant trauma or pain or turmoil in your sure. life, you can't figure that out in that moment because you're just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what this moment is. Mm-hmm. And so make sure you're in a healthy place spiritually, physically, emotionally, and as much as you can be with your community and your family because mm-hmm. you want your family to be bought in. I love that question. It's like, yeah, is there anything that needs to be healed or taken care of in my mm-hmm. own life before? Because a relationship, like mm-hmm. you said, it's not going to fix that or figure that stuff out for you. As we wrap up, any other like helpful tips for people in the dating world or any other resources maybe that you think of? You mentioned a book by John Mark Comer, which mm-hmm. we'll certainly put in the show notes. I mean, we've talked about this, but I think the elephant in the room is have the kind of people who can really help you to save the sexual expression of your mm-hmm. dating relationship for marriage. Mm-hmm. We all know this stat. 50% of marriages end in divorce, mm-hmm. including Christian marriages. But a statistic that will blow your mind is how few marriages end divorce that had very few, if any, sexual encounters mm-hmm. prior to marriage. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. something so beautiful about the way that our sexuality fuses us together with mm-hmm. our partner. And so if you've already made some mistakes there, just know that uh, we believe what Second Corinthians 5 says, that you know, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The mm-hmm. old is gone and the new has come, and there's mm-hmm. beauty in that. The Lord mm-hmm. can redeem it, and he will redeem it as you seek him. So this isn't meant to be a shame plug, but it really is meant to be like there's something so good and so beautiful about saving that mm-hmm. and the, the bond it creates between you and your spouse. And so... If you're dating with the intention of marriage, mm-hmm. then I think that makes it easier to mm-hmm. kind of put that on hold mm-hmm. and to, to realize the weight is worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are tough conversations to have, you know, from the get-go. I think agreeing on some healthy boundaries there are helpful mm-hmm. for Jared and I because we were so young. <laughs> My parents put those in place for us. I had a curfew sure. and, you know, but we we did. We had those conversations too, just what was our desire? What did we for sure want to do? That's important to yeah. have those conversations up front. And then again, inviting accountability then huge, around yeah. there. And I would say too, just for the people that, you know, we've mentioned the people on the fringe, right? Not mm-hmm. the people that are necessarily pursuing a dating relationship right now, but the people that are friends of people who are dating sure. or parents of kids who are dating to also be talking about those boundaries, helping to hold accountable, mm-hmm. And loving and praying for them in the mm-hmm. midst of that. The foundation of your dating relationship should be the type of love that we're pursuing in Christ. Mm-hmm. So just make sure you get that. The fact that uh, if you're dating somebody, you're asking the question, how can I best serve them? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, how can I submit to them? And mutual submission is so key in a relationship. Not what do I get out of it, but what can I give to it? Mm-hmm. There's something so important about that posture. And so many aspects of modern day dating are about what can I get out of it? Mm-hmm. And if you both both enter in with that, then I, I think that's key. It's helpful. Date people who are on the journey. You know, I think friendship before dating is awesome because mm-hmm. you now have at least a glimpse into that person's spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you are on a, a journey towards Jesus in this life, then knowing that the other person is is, is super important. Yeah. And so keys, you know, helpful tips to a dating relationship is don't date sooner than you have to mm-hmm. let the friendship thing evolve mm-hmm. first put yourself in a relationship with that person and other people let other people have eyes on it so date in community before you ever start to date like just let it be a friendship that is something sarah and i accidentally did that i really <laughs> appreciate yeah as a matter of fact like we were my prom sarah was there with somebody else and we all hung out and we had a ton of fun together Mm-hmm. And I was there with a different girl, right? So, like, our friendship <laughs> goes way beyond our first date. Right. And I think that is super important. Yeah. So, yeah, if you have the luxury of being friends with someone for a long time, Ellie and I talk about this the same way. It's, like, one of the biggest advantages we had to even starting, thinking about starting a dating relationship is that we had been friends for months and months and months at that time mm-hmm. and in a group of friends who like right. were around us and were watching us and like you said had eyes on us and were in our lives and we were processing it back and forth with our friends and it was just this really cool thing we were friends mm-hmm. for a long long time and it mm-hmm. led to us just pursuing it in that same way yeah. so um it's, it's so good. good you've got this beautiful foundation 
And oftentimes you'll avoid a relationship you don't actually want to be in by being friends with them. You're like, oh, we're, we're probably better as friends. Sure. Cool. Mm-hmm. High fives. Uh, sure. Yeah. And then the other thing I'd say is ask lots of deep and important questions. Mm-hmm. Ask about, uh, as you start to date, you know, date with the right intention. Hey, why are you dating me? If it's not because I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to marry, then that's probably enough. Let's be done. But if it is about who I'm going to marry, then ask all the important questions. Mm-hmm. Ask about what kind of relationship do you want with your mom and dad after we get married? Because mm-hmm. that's key, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're leaving and cleaving, which means if if you're too connected to your parents post getting married, there's a problem there. Sure, yeah. Ask about desire sexually. And that will actually help you to wait. The more you talk about it and the more you know that, oh, we have mutual desires here, but we're going to hold each other accountable, mm-hmm. right? That That's ask about like, well, what kind of, work life balance you kids all mm-hmm. of it like just mm-hmm. what are your goals in life what is the lord calling you to ask lots of those deep questions and allow them to help you know okay are we in sync is our synergy here are we heading in the same direction mm-hmm. good ask good questions all right guys this was great this is really fun thanks for speaking into this and bringing a little bit of your experience and wisdom to the conversation appreciate you guys being here yeah, yeah glad to be yeah thanks for having us We were so grateful for all of our friends who jumped on to navigate this topic with us, especially Jared and Sarah Fox to help guide us through this topic. They have so much wisdom to share. One thing that stuck out to me in our conversation was just the importance of having community of people around you as you navigate a dating relationship. So, so good. This podcast is a resource of Mountain Christian Church in Maryland, and our door is always open as you explore what you believe. So feel free to reach out and connect anytime. You can do that through the email in the show notes. That's where you'll find links to resources from today's episode. If you found this conversation helpful, as always, please share it with a friend. Thanks for being here. And until next time, take care and know that we are walking alongside you.